All right. Well, I'm going to ask you a couple questions today about what it's like to lose a tooth. Have you ever lost a tooth? Yeah. I, I haven't. I, I have not even lost one. Mm -mm. Where were you when you lost a tooth? The first tooth I lost was at Kristen's house, the Wendell's. The second tooth I lost was at, was at home during dinner time. When I was eating a taco, I swallowed it. At my house, I was eating a taco, and then it just fell out. We pulled it out, but the second time, we took, like, like kind of like a bow and arrow, and we tied it around the arrow and shot it. Except it fell out of my hand. Well, that's a pretty fun experience. <laughs> what do you think it'll be like when you lose one of your teeth? Well, what I think will happen was it just falls out. What happens after you lose a tooth? Does it just stay as a space forever? Grown-up tooth grow in it. Grown-up tooth is going to come in. Do you have any advice for somebody who is scared um, about losing their first tooth? It's only like a quick pull. Like yeah. you pull it, it's just quick. It only hurts a little bit. Oh, I have one. When you grow in a grown-up tooth, if you lose it, it doesn't come back out. Oh, yeah. That's pretty scary to think about, isn't it? So you have to take good care of your teeth once you get your grown-up ones. Really enjoyed talking with you guys. I miss you. <laughs> I, I, I will see you after the coronavirus sometime. That is just awesome. We cut that this week and did those interviews. Thank you, Shelby, and thank you to all the kids that participated in that. Here's the point of that. The message today is all focused on this simple truth. If you're going to be able to tell somebody about something, you're going to have to have experienced that. You can't be in, in Christian talk. You can't be a witness of an event if you haven't experienced the event. And we are drawn the week after Easter to some disciples who had literally experienced a crucifixion. And so they could witness to the death of Jesus on the cross. But we're going to get this week story after story in Scripture of Jesus appearing to first one group of disciples and then another group of disciples. And he appears to, to Mary, and Mary comes back and tells the disciples. And they're saying, this can't be. Thomas. Thomas is a famous example of this. Jesus has appeared to all of the disciples while Thomas is missing. And Thomas comes back into the group of the disciples and they say, Thomas, you won't believe it. Our Lord is alive. And you remember the words. It's the reason we call Thomas doubting Thomas. It's because Thomas looks at the other disciples, the other 10 of them, and says, unless I put my hand in his side, my finger into his hands, unless I can physically experience him myself, can't believe this. And you know what happens. Jesus comes in to a room that is closed. And he says, Thomas, 
Put your hand here. Put your fingers in my nail-scarred hands. And Thomas, of course, at that moment says, Lord, I believe. And we get, the, we get the famous line of Jesus at that point that says, Oh, Thomas, you believe because you have seen. Well, of course he believes because he has seen. And Jesus is going to say, uh, in many ways about us, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. You see, here's the truth. God will give us an experience, a witness of the resurrected Christ. We have in our community a wonderful uh, community called Emmaus. Emmaus is based on two disciples who are walking down the road uh, to Emmaus, literally, uh, and they experience Christ, but they don't know that they have experienced Christ. And they're talking to this third person that has joined them on the road about the events of the crucifixion. And this gentleman that has joined them is asking them questions, and they say, where have you been? Everybody knows what just happened. And that evening, they stop and they're beginning to eat dinner. And here's what happens. Jesus breaks bread and it says the eyes of these two disciples were opened and they recognized Jesus. Why? Because they had experienced a table where Jesus had broken bread. You remember that. Jesus breaks the bread. He gives thanks for it. So what do you think he did at the campfire that night? He lifted, I guarantee it, he lifted the bread and he gave thanks for it and he broke it. And all of a sudden the lights go on in the eyes and the minds of the disciples. And Jesus just disappears. Why? Because he has given them the experience that he needed for them to have. Can I share some scripture with you? It comes from Luke the 24th chapter. Then Jesus said to them. These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. That all things must be fulfilled. Which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, the songs concerning me. And he opened their understanding. Do you see that? And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Now, this is after Jesus has appeared. He has appeared and he has said, place your hand here in my side. Place your fingers here in my nail scars. He is saying this. I said to you, okay, the, these are the words, and he opened their understanding and he said to them, it is written and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And the repentance and the remissions of sin, listen to this, should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning first at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses 
and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I said, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with the power from on high. Why is it that we must experience, here's the why of today, why is it that we must experience a risen Christ? Because brothers and sisters, on the Sunday after Easter, when Christ has risen from the dead, if we have not experienced the risen Christ, just like the disciples, all we can attest to is the historical idea that there was a man crucified on a cross. And there are thousands of those stories that we could tell. But there is only one story of a resurrection. And if we have not experienced the resurrected Christ, then how are we to be the witnesses? There's a man that wrestled with this very idea, and he was an atheist. He did not believe in Christ. He knew the stories of Christ. Let me introduce you, if you have not met him, to a man called Lee Strobel. And let me introduce you to the book that he wrote called The Case for Christ. Listen as Lee tells us about his investigation. I like to look at the evidence for the resurrection in four categories. The first one is, did Jesus die on the cross? Was he dead? Virtually every scholar on planet Earth concedes that Jesus was dead after crucifixion. We have no record of anyone anywhere ever surviving a full Roman crucifixion. Uh, Even the Journal of the American Medical Association uh, published a peer-reviewed scientific medical study of the evidence for the death of Jesus and said clearly the weight of the evidence indicates that Jesus was dead even before the wound to his side was inflicted. Even the atheist New Testament scholar Gerd Ludeman says historically it's indisputable that Jesus was dead. So Jesus was dead. The second category of evidence is the early accounts we have for the resurrection. In other words, I used to think as an atheist that the resurrection was a legend, and that took a long time to develop in the ancient world. But what I learned is that we have preserved for us a creed of the earliest Christian church, a creed that is a eyewitness-based report of the resurrection of Jesus. Now, this creed has been dated back by scholars to within months of the death of Jesus, within months. That is historical gold. So we've got a newsflash from ancient history on the resurrection. Third category of evidence is the empty tomb. And the best evidence for that is even the opponents of Jesus implicitly admitted the tomb was empty. Because when the disciples began proclaiming that Jesus had risen, what the opponents said was, oh, well, um, the disciples stole the body. Now they're conceding the tomb's empty. They're just trying to explain how it got empty. So everybody's conceding the tomb was empty. How did it get empty is really the issue. And that goes to the fourth category of evidence, which is eyewitnesses. You know, for most of what we know about ancient history, it comes from one or maybe two sources of information. And yet, for the conviction of the disciples that they encountered the resurrected Jesus, we have no fewer than nine ancient sources, inside and outside the New Testament, 
confirming and corroborating the conviction of the disciples that they encountered the risen Christ. That is an avalanche of historical data. So you put all that together and you have a really good case for Easter. So how? How do you, do you come to the point that you are able to have an experience with Christ? Well, if you've never known Christ, that can be really, really tough. If you have spent your life in church, knowing about Christ, but you haven't had an experience with Christ, that can be really, really tough. Because we can witness to all of the things that we know about Christ. We can even witness to the church about the church. We can witness to the good things that happen in the name of Jesus Christ in this world. There's all kinds of things we can talk about in relation to Christ. But if we haven't experienced, if we have not had an experience ourselves with the resurrected Christ, then two things. Number one, you remember what Christ said in Luke. Luke recorded the words. I came into this world so that people who had an experience with me would repent and would give their lives to the Father, to God. And we secure for ourselves with an experience with Jesus Christ, eternity in heaven. That's one of the things we do. But the other thing that we do is we gather to ourselves the ability and the potential to help other people. Think about those two men on the road to Emmaus. What they did is they left that road, they went back to the other disciples, and they began to tell those disciples. And those disciples went to other people and began to tell those people. Now, until the people that you tell experience for themselves the resurrected Christ, then all they have is the story. Now, in the case of Lee, Lee Strobel, he had heard all of these stories about Christ, but he was an atheist. He didn't connect with Christ himself. And one of the ways that you can connect is if you will be open. Can I say that again? If you will be open to the possibility that Christ is something more than just a story in history. That what happened last week on this cross didn't end. The possibility that it didn't end in a grave. Remember, Lee Strobel tracked it down. We know that the cross happened. We know that the tomb and the grave happened. Where we challenge ourselves in our culture in many ways, and where atheists challenge themselves in many ways, is to say, but all this resurrection stuff, can I challenge you that if you have never considered the possibility, you see, that's what Lee Strobel did. He was an investigative journalist. It's the way he made his living. He would hear a story as a journalist he didn't know if that story was true or if that story was false. So as an investigative journalist, he would go and get the facts. He would go and he would talk to the people. 
And when he was challenged with this idea of Jesus Christ actually having risen from the grave, he took all those investigative journalistic skills and he focused them on this event. He opened his mind and his heart to the possibility that it might be true. He came out of that a sinner saved by grace with a witness that he put into the form of a book called The Case for Christ. We have three copies uh, on my bookshelf here. If you've never read the book, highly recommend the book. He takes you through his entire journey of investigative journalism to the idea of a resurrected Christ. Maybe that's not what moves your heart. Maybe you're not that investigator. I am a studier. If somebody tells me something, I'm going to get a book. I'm going to read about it. I'm going to investigate it. I'm going to reason it out. But maybe you're a person that needs a relationship. Can I tell you that you can have an experience with the resurrected Christ with the relationship between somebody else and Christ, and as you share in that relationship, if you will open your mind and your heart to the possibility that Christ is ready and wanting to have a relationship with you, can I tell you that through relationships in this world, you can experience a resurrected Christ. And so if you are being led by the Holy Spirit, we call it in the United Methodist Church prevenient grace, if you are being led by the Holy Spirit to explore, to see if this thing that we've heard is true, if you are open to the possibility of having an experience with Jesus Christ, then go and find somebody that's had that experience with Christ And allow Christ to work through that relationship to bring you into closer relationship. Some people, it's in a conversation. And can I tell you that prayer is one of those ways that God has said to us, if you will pray, I will listen. And can I tell you that there are countless people through thousands of years now who have simply gone to God in prayer who have prayed to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. This happened so many times on on, uh, stages where Billy Graham preached. He would lead people in a prayer after he had challenged them to open their minds and their hearts. And through the prayer, Christ became real and they had an experience with a resurrected Christ. There are a host of ways, but I can tell you the way that you might begin is to say, I will open my heart and mind in prayer. I will open my heart and mind and I will investigate. I will think about and I will study. I will open my heart and mind and in a relationship with somebody that I know already has uh, an experience with Christ, I will seek that experience. However it is. Can I say to you on the week after Easter, That if you are going to do two things, secure for yourself an eternal life with God and be a witness for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and His resurrection, you will need to, just as our children with their teeth could talk about what they think is going to happen when they lose a tooth, but boy, it's when Sylvia or it's when Kennedy or it's when little Evelyn begin to say, Here's what happened. 
that our children are really able to lock into an experience. And then the little Williams, and then the little Camdens, can, when they have that experience, weigh it against what they were told and what they've seen. Now it belongs to them. Can I tell you? Christ wants to belong in your heart. Not just in your mind. And not just in thoughts about Him. But His presence through the power of the Holy Spirit on the week after Easter wants to appear to you. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on each and every person that watches this, that is listening to it live. And I pray, Lord, that you would give each of us an experience. The experience of you, our resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. God bless.